I started not being able to swim and not being able to cycle and you know so mm. people can do it so mindset and willpower mindset willpower like not not so much willpower okay. commitment okay you just have to go go slow and say this is what I'm going to do and yeah you can do it Welcome to another episode of the Aikuku podcast. And today we chat with athlete and ultimate businesswoman, Linda Keane. Linda is the owner of Dunsborough Pharmacy and Nourish Health. But on top of this, she is also a key member of the Bustledon Tri Club and fitness community. Today's chat is really exciting because each year, Linda gets to host some of the elite Ironman athletes that come into town to compete. So during our chat today, we uncover her unique insight into what she sees is the differentiating factors between an elite and an amateur, as well as what specific factors she sees are associated with these people that achieve really high levels of success. But the best part is we get to hear it from her from both a health professional point of view, as well as on a more personal point of view. We also speak with Linda about this concept of optimal health and how we can all benefit from it and how we can all tap into it. You're listening to the iCuckoo Podcast with Alex Shepard. Pilot your potential and take off. I suppose let's start off by talking, how did you get into doing the Ironman and the running and the, the swimming and all of that? Um. Gosh, I was going to say, everything you've just said just says it all so perfectly and all, all that an athlete needs to be in a... We could just finish the interviews <laughs> straight away or the podcast. Um, how did I get into it? Mental health reasons, really. Um, you know, going through a lot of things in my personal life, I realised that this is probably about six years ago that I actually needed to do exercise to stay sane and to keep me going and ended up through someone who I knew saying come down and cycle ended up cycling and then meeting a whole bunch of triathletes and becoming involved in that triathlon community and just being blown away by it absolutely um, athletes or triathletes or you know elite athletes and I've met a lot of pro athletes now and had them stay with me they are just the most optimistic positive thinking people great mindset Mm -hmm. and um, it was just a great energy to be around them and they drag you in you know they suck you in you go I want to be just like you yeah (laughs) and so you do you join in and you're encouraged and you're supported and you know somehow I've ended up doing those things even though that makes me sound like an athlete I don't actually feel like one it's that um that bigger picture down the end it's once it's the accumulation of yes of being determined and just doing a little bit taking little steps that you eventually get to that point where you've achieved so much and it's that reflection it the exercises now become, and for, for a lot of tri- triathletes, it, it becomes just a life, a way of life. You yeah. don't ever, you're not ever not training for something, and you might only compete 
Like I might compete maybe once or twice a year in doing a half Ironman, but that doesn't mean for the rest of the time I'm doing nothing. For the rest of the time I'm still riding, I'm still cycling, I'm still swimming and um, or, and doing little other small events along mm-hmm. the way. And I think that's it. It's lifestyle. So before you joined and you started doing all the riding and joined the tri club, were you doing any form of exercise? Oh yes, I was a you know um, an aerobics queen. Oh. <laughs> you do aerobics. Oh, oh, I used to awesome. love love you know what were the those Les Mills you know the oh, pump right. classes, yeah. the step classes, the box society. You know, yeah. like I think I've done them all. <laughs> so I've all I think I've always done some kind of exercise, yeah. and that's why I knew when I kind of hit rock bottom in my personal life that I had to do some kind of you know, do exercise, and that was just what yeah. I came across. And that's and part of a community as well, then, isn't it? So it's that support they network around very you. Very big supportive network. Yeah. Were you nervous to join the group? Or oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it, the standard is that everyone, the, the first time they ride a bike, they clip their shoes into the thing and they fall over in front of the coffee crowd. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a right of passage. That's my mum, isn't it? <laughs> she did Gosh, that. it's me. She it's, fell over. Uh, she fell over the wall and everybody the does bike. it. And yeah. um, you know, if, if you're not thinking, you can do it at any time. So yeah. you're never immune. But yeah. yeah. So what, in your eyes, what's that? difference that um between the elites um so for instance if we are looking at something like the ironman the elite athletes and the other athletes that are competing amateurs and stuff what is like the differential factors there uh i'm not gosh i'm not sure that there is a huge difference for an endurance athlete to be a pro triathlete well you have to have time and you have to have talent but a lot of things are very similar um you have to have uh, a very positive mindset you have to have a plan um so and you have to commit to something and you have to commit to the training um what i found that a lot of athletes when they realize they're committing to to a long-term goal Mm -hmm. um so they're setting that goal committing to it and then what they do is they don't know they're not experts so what they do is then they start gathering the experts around them they get themselves a coach they go and see nutritionists they have a physio they get massages they read books and all of that kind of thing and they just learn so much and take it all in so they're open to that training yeah. and and you know looking after themselves and and their health so what do you think makes an elite be able to get to that make that leap and become an elite because in terms of mindset and um dedication and all of that they're the same between yeah. your amateur your amateur is working just as hard, hard as what your elite's doing um and and as we might have been saying earlier the um the amateurs may be working harder because they also have a job so yes. They're doing their job on top of training and and everything else. What what is that little bit? Because I know you've been around a lot of the elites. You've had them stay with you, the pros and stuff, when they come to compete. Is there something in there that you can see? No, focus. I mean, their their whole lives are consumed by 
triathlon because that mm. is their job. So just like people concentrate on their careers, they focus so much time and energy and they analyse everything and they, you know, every run they do, they look at the stats, they go back and they, what can I do better? They talk to their coaches, they get advice. Mm. Um, I don't know. Like if I could run, I don't, you know, I don't, yeah, I, yeah it doesn't know. I'm never going to be a talented, fast swimmer. I could put hours and hours and hours and years of practice in. I'll improve gradually, but I'm never going to be at the level that I could win something because of my swimming ability or my running mm. ability. So I don't know. I think you have to have some genetic natural, natural ability. Yeah. Um, that said, you still then have to have the mental toughness yeah. and the resilience and all of those things that we talk about. Um, so I suppose it comes into that, like the, the combination, picture, isn't it, as well of why, why, I mean, the amateurs are obviously doing the Ironman not because they want to win, it's because they well, want to why? why, yeah, why do you do, why did you do the half Ironman? Because everyone else won. <laughs> <laughs> to push the <laughs> No, it isn't. It is an achievement. It, it is. And, and other people make it look so easy and they give you confidence and they say uh, you can do it. They're very supportive and you start to believe you can do it. Yeah. And then when you do it, you go, wow, I can do this. Yeah. And I think maybe Ironman and uh, triathletes are a bit crazy, but you actually learn what your body can achieve and how far you can push your body and and I'm sure lots of other elite sports people and endurance sports people feel the same. Your body's amazing. It's just amazing. And what it can do when you train it, it's great. What's that feeling that you get just after finishing? Can you remember back to your first time just crossing? Oh, I cried. (laughs) (laughs) I do all the time. (laughs) I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah. I cried because... You, you don't actually think you can achieve it. Yeah. Everyone tells you you can. Everyone assures you, no, you've done the training, you've put in all the hard work, it's enjoy the day. Yeah. But when you actually do it, oh, wow, yeah. it's just amazing. Were yeah. you incredibly nervous before the event? Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm still incredibly nervous every time you do an event. Right. Um, and and I think the pros are just as nervous. Yeah. It's that natural and, and, instinct. The yeah. body's designed to be in survival mode. If even even I, I mean I, I'm no by no means at the pointy end of any of the you know. I'm not on a podium or anything like that. I'm just there to compete. But even I'm nervous starting mm. because you, you are about to put your body through something which is hard. Mm. You have to be mentally tough, yeah. and you could give up at any point. So mm. you, it's still a yeah. stress so that um week leading up to um any of those events that you are doing whether it be the jetty swim or the half which the half ironman's probably would be the hardest one that you've done that i do yeah yeah, yeah. Not, um, not what others do what others right? do um that week leading up what are you doing in terms of um your routine sleep and and are you working in that week or yeah well, most people have to. Okay. Um, so most people still have to juggle. 
you will back off on all your training um, because you're allowing your body to recover. Generally what you've done in the preceding 8, 10, 12, 16, 20 weeks is push your body and then recover, push your body, then recover in a cycle. And um, you need... And you've got stronger and faster and better, but you need to have that recovery time now so that you're at your peak performance level. There's a lot of science in this. Mm. Mm. Um, uh, you know, sports scientists and everything will look at how fatigued you are and you don't want to be injured and, the, mm. yeah. And so then you're, night- rest, you're resting, you're hydrating, you're eating well, um, and you're eating foods that you know will be gentle on your stomach for the mm. for the day and yeah. not require too much digestion. Because what happens is you know all your body is using up every bit of its energy to try and get you through this event. It doesn't have time to digest a lot of difficult to digest oh. foods, so you, you, your diet slightly changes a bit. So, based on that, the night before, what sort of things are you eating? Um, everyone has different things. Yeah, um, sort of a general guide. Carb loading, you know, in the few days before, um, lots of people eat white bread and peanuts and butter sandwiches and you know look everyone's and got everyone's got though, doesn't it? everyone's got yeah. different things that's the they? they're doing the mct oils or they're yeah, doing yeah. more car base or and and you know you've got athletes who are vegans who are gluten-free who are everyone's got a different thing and you can't really say there's a one food to eat or not eat and some people can get away with eating you know a curry <laughs> I don't know them, but maybe you yeah. can. And, and then other people, you know, stick to just white bread and really toast and plain. and plain and stuff. And and yeah. then trying to... And not too much, yeah, there's all sorts of rules. So there's only thing too heavy sitting in there when you're trying to get a good sleep either because... No. If you're, you're not so sleeping not well, if you're not too much protein. Yeah. So um, I suppose now if we're moving on to talking about Nourish, how... So you've built... Um, the Dunsborough Pharmacy, but I kind of want to focus around Nourish Health, um, which is a combination of things with the health food and the um, naturopath and the pharmacy um, and alternative medicine all combined. Um, firstly, how much has this community that you're involved with influenced the creation of Nourish? Um, well, huge, like very... Um... I don't. I don't think I would have come up with the idea if I hadn't have experienced or moved into that area of um, sport or met that that group of people. Uh, just to kind of step back a bit, I've been a pharmacist for longer than I care to remember, <laughs> and you know, been in a traditional pharmacy, conventional pharmacy where. The people that come in, we give them medication, we, you know, encourage them to make some lifestyle changes, but it's very much on the periphery. And um, what you end up seeing is people who are sick or unwell or already have a um, condition, they come in and they're resigned to the fact that they've got this and they just want a pill to hurry up, make it go away and everything else is too hard, uh, too hard to change your lifestyle. It's too hard to 
um, change what foods you eat. It's too hard to do things. And they probably don't get a lot of guidance either. They get a lot of, yeah, exercise more, mm. but not really just exactly what does that mean? Yep. Yep. How do I do that? How do I fit that in with my life? Um, so, you know, in that background, that was frustrating me because I was thinking we're all getting older. There's this aging population and we should be doing something to prevent health, you know, health conditions. Yeah. And we should be doing something which actually, you know, stops people getting sick in the first place. Mm. And um, so... I, I say with Nourish, what we are trying to do there is um, manage wellness, not manage sickness. And I think traditional pharmacies yeah. manage sickness. Yeah. And um, we need to refocus and go into into that side of things. Uh, so, you know, the whole idea was a very much like, well, can't we combine some of, you know, let's eat better, let's mm -hmm. exercise better. So let's put health foods in with a pharmacy. And what I found in pharmacy is lots of people asking about health foods and supplements they should take and what they should do. But most traditional pharmacies had no idea. And then people were going on to Dr. Google and, yeah. and were not really getting any scientific advice mm. or, or any science-based, you know, I think pharmacists learn how to research. They understand the science and the biology behind mm. things. They understand the pharmacology behind things. And they can then interpret what what the what, what, what the person yeah. needs yeah. yeah and they can also interpret um what dr google says a lot of yeah. the time yeah. because most people don't have that scientific training mm. and and so i said well why not let's put a pharmacy and a naturopath and a nutritionist together and we can actually give people more a much more comprehensive outlook and view of what they can do to make their health better yeah so based on your business model, then the people can um, will move between the different professions, and they can collaborate with one another to give you the best yeah outcome. So there's there's no um, with Nourish. I really tried to make it so that there's no judgment, mm -hmm. as in you won't be frowned upon if you want a vitamin mm -hmm. or a, or a natural alternative. If you want a gluten-free alternative or whatever, you know it's. Um, I, I I don't. I think people make choices, and you have to allow people to have choices, and without judging them and saying that that's completely wrong or whatever. And yeah. so, the idea is that people can come in if they want to see a naturopath because they are interested in the herbal side of things. They can if they want to see a pharmacist who will compound up them a, a tailored medication for them, they can. It, you know, if their kid doesn't swallow capsules, then it can be made into a, a mixture or, or whatever. Um, if, they, if they feel their diet's where they want to focus on, they can see a nutritionist and they can move around. It's fantastic. It's like a little hub all in. Well, little... that's the aim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're getting there slowly, yeah. yeah. So... Um, Maybe then just to break down a little bit for people who are listening, um, this difference in concepts between what complementary medicine or complementary health 
versus preventative medicines or therapies mm. versus optimal health, optimal therapies. Oh, gosh. Don't get me started. Optimal. Yeah. Oh, we're going that, to so, optimal, but oh, we'll start with complimentary that, oh, first. No, that's so, so exciting. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess the way I see complementary health is if you've already got a condition or you've already um, – you're trying to treat something and you may well have conventional therapies or your foods and and um you what what you'll do is take something in or to also add to what you were originally taking mm-hmm. yeah. so you might add a vitamin to something or you might add a herb to to a uh, prescription yeah. medication yeah. or something like that so it's complementary works with something else to make yeah. a, a better sort of final outcome yeah. um, preventative health I would say is well you know I, I think I said to you before it's the big motherhood statements mm-hmm. it's the big you should exercise more you should uh, eat your veggies you should um stay out of the sun between you know 10 and 2 on a hot sunny day you know you don't want to get skin cancer you should um you know i can't think of any others at the moment but they're those that you know you should get eight hours of sleep at night they're very general in nature and And they're kind of what common sense was meant to be but it it does get lost (laughs) yeah but they're common sensey and 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 yes you should do them but a lot of people also don't know how to modify them to themselves yeah and so that's where i think where we get then move into optimal health because i think optimal health is very individual um very personalized to that to that situation and to that person so you can take your complementary medicines and you can take your preventative health um, directives and kind of issues that that you want to but put them all together and see how it fits with one person's lifestyle and one person's health conditions and that person's issues and I think then you're looking at optimal health because you're looking at an individual. Yeah. And so who do you think should be the person considering optimal health? Like who's right for for that or who um, should everyone be trying to achieve well, this? Well, I'm kind of looking at you thinking yeah. shouldn't everyone be yeah. wanting optimal health? I but, think so. Uh, but look, it isn't going to appeal to everyone because yeah. – there are still people who want to come into a pharmacy or the health system and say, give me a tablet and that's all I want and thank mm-hmm. you very much and see you later. That's all That's all I'm interested in. I don't actually want to do anything. I just want you to fix it. Mm-hmm. Where if you are someone who is looking long-term in the future and thinking, I've got another 50, 60 years of life. I actually want to enjoy every single minute. Yeah. Uh, I don't want my health to compromise my life. Yeah. Then, yeah, you should be doing right. it. Yeah. You should be, you should be yeah. um, doing things now which will actually allow you to have the best life yeah. possible. Yeah. And, and that means doing all the 
you know, investing in your health, really. I like that because that explains people throw around that thing, or the, the saying of be the very best version of you that you can be. And yeah. that's exactly what that is, is becoming the healthiest, the most. Yeah. Um, and it kind of goes beyond just being healthy. It's that next step of being like ultimate. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing with triathletes. When I, when I first started going to the, and you know, hanging out with them and I was like, you guys are really, really, really healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I and, thought I knew what health was. <laughs> yeah. And you want to be healthier? What the hell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as in, as in there is healthier than you already. Yeah. And there is. Yeah. There is always something you can do. So if someone's listening now and going, oh, I'd like, I, I want to achieve my optimum health or optimal health, um, what, What's entitled or like, sorry, what, what do they need to do? What's the first step? Well, that is the first step, being, being ready to commit and focus and invest in your health. Um, then it's a matter of finding a health professional that will help you do that. Yeah. And, and that all depends very much on what your current conditions are, mm-hmm. what, you're, um, what you're trying to achieve, Gosh, yeah. you know. So it sounds like you've not really done, or you're not, um, you're not there yet, or you're not really diving into that realm. You need. I think everyone needs a bit of guidance, though, isn't it? Because it's hard to look at your own situation yes. and analyze your own personal. Because you're in a little bubble. It's really having that other person looking yes. from the outside at you. Yeah. And you're also not going to. It's very hard to be um, completely honest with yourself with your situation yes. and what's going on. Yes. You, yeah, yeah. Very easy to ignore and go, oh, yeah, I think that's I, right. I ate well oh. enough. <laughs> well, you know, that's exactly it. You know, we were saying before, uh, well, you could just exercise a bit and eat right, but what is eating right? Yeah. Uh, and what is eating right, eating right for you in particular? Mm. Um, uh, this whole area that I've got into at the moment is... Um, you know, what I think the future of health is and what we're trying to do with Nourish is the biome, which I know you're fairly yeah. passionate about. And and I see that in a few years' time, maybe not even a few years' time, we will get to the point where people will get a test done of what their biome is and they will take supplements and they will try to manipulate their biome to improve their health. And they could look at treating things like obesity they can look at treating depression and some mental health disorders all starting from the gut and but people will have that information about themselves not just as a general rule as in this is what happens in most people they'll actually have their own genetic so we'll get the specific genetic um, yeah. output or whatever that says yeah. what's going this on. This is in what this is your body. biome. This is how much percentage of certain bacteria mm. that you have. So That's that so is good. going to be amazing. Yeah. And then you've also got the genetic testing of your DNA, which wow. I'm just like so excited about yeah. because yeah. the amount that we can well, the cost of genetic testing used to be ridiculous and it's gradually coming down in price. So it's accessible to more people now and it'll get to the point where people who want to invest in their health and make their health a priority will be able to go and get genetically tested and this test will tell them 
how their body absorbs certain nutrients, how their body treats certain, um, whether it's lacking certain enzymes, whether there's something different about the enzymes that they have in their system. Therefore, uh, you know, they'll have difficulty with absorbing something or they'll have less of a certain, you know, chemical in their body. And that's really fine-tuning your body. Mm. And I think we'll get to that stage. such an exciting realm. Oh, I can't wait. Because it's so interesting. Even things like um, headaches. Like some people can get chronic headaches because they're not absorbing the the right um, uh, nutritional element or, you know, is it the CoQ10 that their body doesn't produce enough of or they have enough energy. Or, you know, there's different um, polymorphisms, which is, you know, like variations in in your genes of folate metabolism. And that's all being related to whether you're a migraine sufferer with aura or without. I mean, that's all starting to get a bit technical um, for this podcast but it's the sort of thing that will hopefully at nourish we'll be offering very soon um the dna testing signing with the the gut biome of like we're just saying um you know with the connection i've said this numerous times but um you know when you when something bad happens and people say oh it made me feel sick Yes. That was like your your mind. Something happened emotionally. It made you feel sick. sick. Yes. That, that connection from the mind to the gut is about twenty percent. But the connection of what yes. the gut does to the brain yes. is eighty percent. So, like so much of what's happening inside the stomach is controlling yep. whether your, we're depressed or anxious, or yep. you know those days when all of a sudden, boom, you're like, I feel horrible out of the middle of nowhere. There could be no trigger, and all of a sudden, you're feeling terrible and that could all come back to the stomach absolutely and just imagine if you could then get that tested and compare that with someone who doesn't suffer anxiety or depression or whatever other thing it is and you'll be able to compare the amount of bacteria of different types of bacteria that you have compared to someone else's and then you'll say well actually i need a little bit more of that so let's supplement with that and see what I end up with. I mean, and then we'll, that whole thing is going to take off. Oh, that it's like that, so excited it, just talking That's about a bit it. like the fecal transplant yes. stuff, you know, which we all kind of go, oh, that sounds a little bit. But it will happen, yeah. and that will happen more. Mm. And, you know, um, they'll treat obesity by giving people fecal tra- transplants of bugs that actually help them um keep the weight off yeah that's yeah that's a whole another realm as well isn't it? i know it's so, good to be in health at the moment it is it's an exciting it, area <laughs> it's a very exciting area which is yeah it's no, good it's to good. dive into i just um, wish i was 20 years younger <laughs> <laughs> hey we're all living to 100 at least minimum <laughs> that's, hopefully that's i'll still be doing goal. triathlons <laughs> <laughs> you never know i might qualify for kona then <laughs> So I suppose then I just want to ask, um, what's the problem with um, uh, things are moving, but there's still a lot of people who set themselves a goal, and this is very particular with um, startup business owners or any business owner or entrepreneur, mm-hmm. just work hard and to put your head down and keep working hard. What's the problem with doing that? To like, What's the effect to our health? Well, you know, you would know your cortisol levels if you're stressed. Um, You need to have 
with um well with business and also with exercise and stuff like that then you need to have downtime and you need to have a recovery time you need to have thinking time mm. and um probably yeah i would say the recovery side of things mm. business wise um yeah look i think you can you need to be adaptable flexible um and be kind to yourself as yeah. we keep saying don't we <laughs> yeah yeah actually that's the one thing i think well one of the main reasons of why you're so successful with both of these businesses is you have that ability to adapt so when change is happening you thrive off that yes yeah whereas some people don't want to change but with both of these pharmacies they change and they're altering based on the times and what's happening around them they you know they say that no one likes change and and i always think oh geez i love change but then i think i like to control the change (laughs) (laughs) so so maybe that's it and so i'm always looking at to see what what's happening what's happening what what's new out there and where we should be going so mm-hmm. i'm looking forward and therefore i'm anticipating the change a lot and therefore i don't feel like change is forced on me mm-hmm. whereas i can understand how some people wouldn't like to change if they're being made to change mm-hmm. and you can relate that back to health mm-hmm. and say if you um you could be forced to change if you're given a diagnosis this is what's happened and you must you know you must stop eating this now otherwise you will get cancer or or whatever why not think ahead yeah and say i don't want to be like this i don't want to be forced into a situation like this so i'm going to make these changes subtle changes now so that in the future i won't have to face that yeah. you know rock that hard decision, that decision yeah. or yeah. that lack of decision that yeah that being down vision. the track so how do you find like how you personally do manage rest and recovery because you're juggling these businesses and you're doing a lot of exercise and stuff what sort of things do you try and do for yourself to be able to rest and recover coffee with friends yeah. <laughs> champagne yeah sure. um book in holidays right. you know definitely take time off i i think the only reason that i manage to cope is i actually have a very good team who yeah. i've tried to make myself dispensable yeah. in my businesses and um delegated pretty much everything other than the bigger picture things because people are pretty competent, much more competent than me, and sometimes it's best to surround yourself with experts. Yeah. Um, So I I think... You have a lot of trust and faith in your team. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're a fabulous team. Yeah, Yeah, they're a great team. And I don't think I could function and do all of the training and everything that I do if I didn't have a really good team. Mm. So, yeah, good on them. Yeah. And, and good on you for having They'll this hear this and go, right, pay rise. Yeah. <laughs> I go, um, oops. <laughs> so, because, um, yeah, like I've seen that you do have very good balance really in, in, your, in your life. Um, so what, what do you wish you could say, if we're bringing it back to other athletes and stuff, 
if you could tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, there's a, there's a better way of doing this, or what would that be? Or like what sort of um, thing are they not thinking about? If I was talking about athletes, um, I would say they're not allowing themselves to recover. They're not giving themselves that downtime. You know, I, so many people I see just push themselves so hard, become so tired, and I don't know that they enjoy. They, they, they've, they've lost the joy of life kind of sometimes. I can see what they're trying to achieve in the long term, but I'm much more... Uh, live in every minute and enjoy every day and um you 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 know you may not be here so for those people then that are um you know some people might go oh well i'll just be tired i can just put up with being tired what are those bigger deeper health problems because there's a, a real health concern or issue behind those people that aren't resting and recovering other than being just tired and not enjoying life which i think is crazy because you've already got the one life absolutely but if you to target them more on that um the real negative health effects of of that well would say anything that's deeper do you mean like stress and yeah, uh, as in and stress and hormone and, and hormones and yeah if you push yourself um you know exercise wise you, you can damage your heart you you can, you can do damage to yourself you can your body's cortisol levels can skyrocket and you'll quickly age your body because yeah. it's like a you know any hard exercise is like a period of um stress it's it, it's another stress it it's just stress. a different type of stress yeah. it's a stress you choose and yes there might be endorphins at the end of it but it is still a type of stress on the body and your body's so uh, such an amazing sh- machine but it does need recovery time yeah. and so many things so uh, to to an athlete i would say recovery um if you if i tap someone on the shoulder who would generally come into the pharmacy mm-hmm. um you know who has been diagnosed with a condition and and i would say it's not too late to change mm-hmm. it isn't yeah never never is no they can do things yeah. they can do things but they ha- they have to want to but they can yeah. you know they can improve their health they can improve their diet they can um cut down on things and stuff like that and mm. and and i see i keep thinking of people that keep coming in and and that are resigned to whatever their condition is and you go you can make things better and it's just starting with that little step, isn't it? Just a yeah. couple of little tweaks. Yeah. You don't little. have to look at doing everything straight up. No, no. You start small, but you little successes and build on them and just know that it's a long-term thing. Mm. Um, yeah. So what's the misconception the general public has towards um, athletes or about athletes? There's someone out there thinking, oh, really love to do a half Ironman, but I don't, I don't know if I could do it because I'm not like fit enough. <laughs> um, I would say to them, anyone can do it. Absolutely, anyone can do it. Um, it's just a matter of committing to it and putting in the time. 
really. Mm -hmm. It's having that goal, having a focus, committing to it. It isn't... It isn't. This is why I, I don't call myself an athlete because I, I don't actually feel like it's it's not a race or anything like that. It, it's actually for me, it's exercise is a lifestyle, and the exercise mean that I do means that I my body will do a half Ironman, but and and. I started not being able to swim and not being able to cycle and, you know, so mm. people can do it. So mindset and willpower? Mindset, uh, willpower, yeah. like not, not so much willpower, okay. commitment. Okay. You just have to go go slow and say this is what I'm going to do and, mm. yeah, you um, can do it. <laughs> now, so shall I sign you off, Alex? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I did, how do you, you literally read my mind. I went... Should I say that maybe I want to do one, but I don't know if I'm ready to do one. <laughs> well, there's a supportive network of yeah, people who yeah. would be more than happy yeah. to uh, help you achieve your goal. If I, that becomes a goal. Then there, yeah. there is a couple of future goals, and that would be, i definitely like to do a full marathon because I haven't done a full one yet, and maybe doing a Par- the Paris Marathon. If I'm going to do one, I want to be somewhere nice. <laughs> Yeah, the Paris Marathon is a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's the shopping marathon afterwards that you have to worry about. Yeah. Actually, what was it like doing the Paris Marathon? What's the vibe? Uh, it, it amazing. Yeah, I've. It was the only marathon I've done. First, okay. first and only marathon I've done, and uh, they have. A band set up every two kilometers, and they're different bands. So, like music, yeah, band. yeah, oh, yeah wow. like actual bands. So one will be, you know, flamenco dancers and the next band will be a brass band and the next band will be reggae and the wow. next band. And literally every two Ks you will run past a band playing some kind of music. So we actually had a friend who did the Paris Marathon and she stopped and took video of herself dancing <laughs> with each band. I think I'd do that, take a little So, rest. you know, she yeah, enjoyed every moment of her entry fee. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Stop at every band, <laughs> which is which is what you should do, really. Yeah, isn't you it? should. Yeah. Well, so, that just shows it's yeah. Just enjoy that whole journey of that full marathon. That absolutely. Doing. Yeah. Life's a journey. Don't rush yeah. it. Yeah. Stop and dance with all the bands. <laughs> all right. Well, last question. Um, if there was one thing that you would encourage people to do that would overall better optimize their health, what's one thing that you'd like them to focus on? Oh my goodness! How how do I push it down into one thing? Yeah. Um, invest in the health. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Okay. I don't know. I think. I think that's uh, the first step. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like actually commit to doing something about yeah. it, um, and be prepared to invest time and energy into the health because what you put into your um, healthful come back to you you know many folds yeah and stuff so that's a brilliant one we haven't heard that yet Mm. and that's that's yeah the very first step is just decide you're going to invest in your health health. yep Yep. thank you so much linda thank you alex (laughs) thanks for listening to the ikuku podcast at ikuku.com.au 